Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. One had a teardrop tattoo. That means they've murdered that someone, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. You and I should get a bunch of teardrop tattoos and then feign ignorance. Yeah, I just cry a lot. No, I, you've killed four people? No. Mm-hmm. My oldest says she wakes up Sunday morning. She goes out in front of the house. She goes, Daddy, why is there a wheelchair in front of our house? Mm-hmm. The rubber was worn out on it. So I hope the person, maybe they were healed at the fair. That's possible by one of the carnies. <laughs> Maybe that's their magic power. <laughs> so this is called the Book of Life. I got 44 out of 50 on this. Clowns laugh, children cry, but they do not see the gum on their shoes. Mm-hmm. The children scream in pain or joy. With taunts and howls, they torment me into a violent rage. Bites at my arm, gnawing down to the very bone. The infection sets in on that bloody clown. Mm-hmm. He does those five-hour energy ads. Does he just have like a... A bucket of the stuff <laughs> that he dunks his head in? You would think he does that because of the way his hair looks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then um, went to the midway. After, <clears throat> went to the oh, midway after that. Right Mark that one down, stop. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light. <clears throat> Score. That's... Oh, Doctor! Welcome to the Jan Dan Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Coors Light. It's uh, the week of September 17th, 2018. I'd like to a tweet today that uh, someone tweeted out from, from the, 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 the Weather Channel. Said, the weather will be warmer than slowly get colder as we approach winter. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that prediction. Weather Channel's a good uh, good follow on Twitter. <laughs> good follow. How's it going? We uh, we just got back from Saskatoon, one Toontown. of our favorite cities. Saskatoon. I was, it has changed I was out, my life. I was out with a few people uh, after you bailed on Saturday, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I said Saskatoon to them. They were all native Saskatonians. They had never heard Saskatoon before, and were really into it i was like i didn't really go far to i don't think i made that up i think the uh, the highlight of the weekend <clears throat> so uh jay and i we got on a flight uh friday afternoon to go uh, take part in the children's wish golf tournament at the willows had a great time great course uh, cold uh, i'm speaking sit- of weather a little chilly i'm sitting there in my seat to mind my own <clears throat> business uh back in the middle of the bus um, and I'm watching a movie. I think I was watching Deadpool 2. And I see uh, a man coming down the hallway to, to use the facilities on the Air Canada flight. And uh, he's very broad-shouldered. Uh, and uh, it was Darren Detition on our flight. So Darren Detition was on the same flight as us. He was not going to the same event. He was going out for dinner with his sister and then uh, doing a, a sports banquet, I believe. But... It's always great to see Dutchie in the wild. We were lucky enough to go to the Willows, which is maybe the nicest course in Saskatoon. I think we'll probably get some people disputing that. But it was a wonderful time. And tell them what we did. Tell them what we did on the tee box. Uh, First off, thanks to Craig, uh, the head pro. He lent me his pants. (laughs) It was cold. (laughs) In Toronto over the weekend, it was like 30 degrees and humid. And in Saskatoon, I think it was... They said it was 13 degrees, but it was so 
windy and so rainy that I actually have to say they had a great turnout considering the conditions were not good and the course That's is right. in beautiful shape. But we were on the Number eighth eight, green eight or eighth tee hole, hole, tee, right. tee hole <laughs> the eighth tee box. Bill Hader just won uh, an Emmy for Best Actor in Barry. We're watching the Emmys as we speak. Henry Winkler also won for Best Supporting Actor. If you've never seen Barry, great show. What a show. But, so, uh, yeah, we were on the tee box. Yeah, we sat on the tee box, and usually we're put with a group. But uh, when the the gentleman that uh, booked us, John, uh, when you were discussing with him, he said, well, how do you guys want to do this? He said, well, if you play with a group, we, we only get to see that group all day. So I said, why don't we sit at a hole... And then we can take shots with every group that comes through and then heckle them as they're about to swing. Uh, so we got to do that all day, and it was a heck of a lot of fun. It was an amazing time. Um, and we got, we got to spend time at the hole with uh, the last year's recipient, uh, sort of the Children's Wish Foundation wish kid, a uh, young man named Jacob. His wish was to play catch with Aaron Rodgers. He got to do it just a couple of months ago. Incredible. Can you imagine how cool that yeah. would be? He said he was the, just the best guy. So that was awesome. And then his and then, wish by the end of the day was to leave that tee box and never hear our jokes again. And of course, that was because, and when you say our jokes, <laughs> you mean your jokes. Because uh, I was just heckling people. You were telling the same four jokes <laughs> over and over and over. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, it's, I've said it before on this podcast. I only have four jokes. And we're on a tee box, so it's new material to every new group coming through. It's just old material to everyone that was at the tee box with us. Yeah, like me. And then, of course, we had a, we had a pro with us. And so the, the shtick was the pro hit first. It was par three. Uh, Devin, great guy. Beautiful swing. Mm-hmm. He would usually put it on, you know, 10, 15 feet away. And then everyone else had to try to get it closer to the hole than his ball if they got closer to the hole they were entered into a uh, for a prize and you and i also uh hit a couple shots and that was that was the same deal if you got it closer than us well we never really hit the green all day i, I think i hit it uh, three maybe four times out of i don't know how many shots we took at least 40 yeah i'd say it's more than that it was getting... we were taking like a hundred shots there was a couple of times when we just took 10 in a row and maybe landed it on the green twice yeah, the pro, he, there he was, was another, great. if you put another Devin 20 bucks, you could pick the club that you wanted him to hit. So he could make a hit driver, he could hit putter. He put the putter on the green. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was good. And then Scotty, his buddy, he was the guy I brought you. If you, if you follow me on uh, the Instagrams, on my Instagram story, Scotty was the guy who brought, on, fr- on Thursday's show or Friday morning show, Sports Center with Jay and Dan, we talked about how much we love Tim Horton's hash browns. And so he brought Dan an entire bag, approximately 10 Tim Hortons hash browns, and Dan proceeded to eat every single one on the spot. And he's the guy, uh, I sent out a tweet, he looks identical to Sean Cullen, the comedian from Corky and the Juice Pigs. Yeah, like uh, a young Sean Cullen. Yeah, so... Uh, he's been on this podcast a couple of times. Many at least times, twice. Yeah. yeah. Good old Peter Broble. Great guy. Um, so yeah, we had, a, we had an awesome time at the tournament. So uh, we partook in a couple of beverages during the day. Yeah, and then and then during the day, everyone's like, "Oh man, we're going to Metallica tonight!" Because Metallica was playing in Saskatoon, and we're like, "Oh, that'd be fun! Why can't we go?" Oh, come on, guys! And then someone got wind of this. They're like, uh, "Glenn, uh, he owns one of the businesses that uh, that purchased." Uh, uh, a big uh, sponsorship in the tournament. He said, "Well, I got two tickets in a suite. You want to go?" We're like, "Ah, yeah, please." 
Thank you. So we went to Glenn's Suite and had just the best time. So, oh god, it was great. Glenn, by the way, owns a limo. Well, he's not the only one. Uh, Glenn, <laughs> I want to make sure I get this right. It's Glenn Wig, W I G, and he's the president of Aquifer Distribution. Shout out to Aquifer, Glenn. Uh, so it was you, me, and Glenn in a limo. <laughs> I'm gonna post a picture. I'll get Danny, our social media guy, to post it on the uh, Jane Dan Instagram account of you in the limo in your golf shoes because we had to go directly from the golf course to the concert or we would have missed it. And uh, I was wearing golf attire, which is totally inappropriate for Metallica, as were you, but you actually were rocking golf shoes. Because I I wore them straight from the hotel because I said, I was thinking, I'm like, I'm going to lose my shoes if I bring my other shoes. So I just wore them straight from the hotel and... Um, Here's a, a heads up. What arena was it in? What arena? It was in Sa- what, what used to be Sask Place. I believe it's called the Sasktel Center now. Um, if you've ever been on a concourse in an arena, they have like that slippery paint so things don't stick to it. Uh, don't wear golf shoes on that slippery paint. Well, you maybe don't wear golf shoes off of a golf course, <laughs> period. Let's start there. Right. Uh, oh, my golly, Jesus. But, that's, uh, a, that's a good piece. Of, but why Why didn't you bring a change of shoes? You just thought, I thought I'd lose trouble. Yeah. yeah. I thought we'd be back at the hotel and then change and then go out for a big dinner. I didn't know Metallica was in the cards. For a second there, I thought I lost the check. That, that we you were donated paid. to the, <laughs> to the Children's, Children's Wish Foundation. So, um, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't think either of us realized that Metallica would be in the cards. I would describe myself as I'm not a Metallica fan, but I certainly appreciate them as a band. I remember when Metallica was huge. It was when we were in junior high and high school, uh, and Justice for All was so big that one video was like ten minutes long. It was so good, great tune. Mm-hmm. And then the Black album came out. And a lot of people thought they sold out, but that's that's where Enter Sandman is on and. Wherever I may roam, or whatever, and, um, I don't know. They had a bunch of hits on that one. They sold a million billion copies of that. The, the only, but thing, that was like thirty years. The ago. only problem I had was at the start of every song, I'm like, "All right, I know this one," and then they'd start singing. I'm like, "Oh, I thought it was." A- so they have a new album out, and it's the classic "Play Something from the New Album," which they did, and then they played some stuff from you know "Ride the Lightning" and "Injustice for All," so stuff I just wouldn't know. Yeah. And it just got to be like every song sounded the same. And by that point, we had been drinking since <laughs> 11 a.m., probably earlier. They could have put Get a, drinks at last time. We were in not could, the best shape. They could have put uh, a country and western band on the stage, and we would not have noticed. Yeah, <laughs> river, yeah. river time. You were, uh, yeah, you were in fine, fine form. Oh, the James also. Uh, if you get a chance to go to the James Hotel in Saskatoon, it's amazing. Now, speaking of concerts, we we uh, ran out of time. You were in Chicago the previous weekend, and you saw a band that uh, uh, a man, not a band, a man that I'm very jealous that you saw at Wrigley. A man with a band, uh, and that's Billy Joel. And, and we've mentioned this before. You and I saw him together uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. Sensational show. This one was not as good to oh, me. What? Not as good as that show for one main reason. Bill, the band was the same. Still had that guy with the saxophone and the vest. Awesome yeah. dude. Um, band was killer. Billy was killer. Hilarious. He had one great line, three songs in. He says, uh, this is our sixth year in a row playing Wrigley Field. And uh, I don't know why you guys keep coming. <laughs> I don't have any new <laughs> I got no new 
Yeah. <laughs> he brought the house down with that one. But um, the he was great. Uh, the main problem, well, there's two problems for me, Toolsy. Now, okay. I want you to help me out with this. The first problem was the sound. It's Wrigley Field. It's right. not the Hollywood Bowl. The Hollywood Bowl was built for concerts. Right. Wrigley Field was built to play baseball. So it was understandable that the sound would not be as good. It, um, but there's nothing it was actually garbage. It. Is it just going up into the It was the just end? garbage. No. And it was windy. It's the Windy City. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the sound was maybe the worst sound of any concert I've ever wow. been to in my life. Okay. Having said that, he was great. Um, big shot. My life. Moving out. Don't ask me why. Allentown. Only the good die young. She's always a woman. Et cetera, et cetera. Piano man, et cetera, et cetera. But then he played a lot of, in my opinion, saying, I'm not as big of a Billy Joel fan as you are. I want the hits and maybe three obscure album tracks. I thought he played eight tracks that I wouldn't have known. Okay, what, And what so it goes. No Man's Land. Big Man on Mulberry Street. I know, I'm sure like Billy Joel fans at home are like, dude, those are huge hits, but I didn't know them. Okay. Summer Highland Falls. Yeah. Like, we're into four songs here where I'm like, what, Billy? Sometimes a fantasy? Never heard of it. And then he played River of Dreams, which is his worst <laughs> song ever? It has changed my life. <laughs> I was like, really? You're playing this, Billy? Anyway, he was cool. But then we went... So we bolted and went straight to the Second City main stage. So Second City, as many of you may know, originated in Chicago. And that's where, like, I think, like, uh, Belushi and Chris Farley and all those guys, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, all came out of Second City, Chicago. So we wanted to go check it out. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. They were so good. And then we went the next day to see Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever. They were unbelievable. But after the show, we'd been eating deep dish pizza all day and drinking all day and oh before we got to that show i got to say something we went to a restaurant called monteverde excellent italian restaurant and we're sitting there eating this is me and my buddy trevor my high school pal and this waiter comes up and he keeps bringing us drinks and food and finally he goes listen i didn't want to say anything but i'm a huge fan of you guys like i love you guys i we can't get any hockey any hockey info of down you here. and trevor yeah so he says yeah he's like i'm a huge fan of you too you guys are so great <laughs> We can't get any hockey news down here. You know, nobody watches hockey, so I totally follow you guys. And I won't tell you how I'm getting your show, but I'm getting it kind of thing. And so I just want to say, man, I'm a huge fan of, of you and Dan here. So uh, let me get your next round. And I said, uh, this, isn't, uh, this isn't Dan. But then I looked at Trevor, and I'm like, yeah, he kind of looks like you. Like, you guys could maybe be brothers. Do you have a picture? So uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you a picture, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up on, uh, again, we'll get Danny to put up on... On, at Jay and Dan, a picture of Trevor side by side with Dan, and you guys can decide if he looks like him. So for the rest of the weekend, did he walk into bars? Hey, I'm <laughs> O'Toole. <laughs> Give me some. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what you always do when you walk in. when you walked into the James in Saskatoon on uh, Friday. Oh. You walked in. Give me some. Speaking of um, speaking of who was there. <laughs> If you're looking for an older woman in Saskatoon that has a lot of money, yeah. they're in that lobby bar. Yeah, the uh, Rich Widows. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it was a great bar. I loved it. But very quickly, rolling blackouts. So we go to the show. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go out to have some more drinks. And I'm like, we're going to go to a bar near the hotel. So I'm like, dude, can I stop back at the hotel? Because I really have to. Holiday Inn Express? Close. I really have to take it. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. 
So he's good like, call. You don't want to do that in exactly. a, in a restaurant. So, uh, so he's like, yeah, totally. I've got to do it too. Let's just, <laughs> we'll just head back. You know, it's like takes one guy to just say it. So it's great. We go back, do our business. You know, 10 minutes later, it was a quick one. We're both downstairs. We're out at the bars having a great time. But here's the problem. That didn't happen. Oh. Because he was 10 minutes, but I was 15 minutes because I plugged up my toilet. Oh, no. (laughs) And it wasn't anything big, literally. It was just a normal bowel movement. But, and do you do this too, Dan? What's that? You know when you flush and it's like, oh, God, it's not going down. And then I always flush again. I always flush twice. So that the water rises perilously close to the very top of the bowl, but not quite over the bowl, and just hangs there. So now it's filled the bowl completely, like a large pot of pasta. So you, uh... So it's totally full, plugged up. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to do. You're so considering I go. reaching in. I thought about it, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm at a hotel. I'm going to go down to the, to the front desk. So I go to the front desk. <laughs> And sure enough, and I knew this was going to happen as I was going down in the elevator. I'm like, I bet you it's, there's only one woman at the desk. It'll be a woman, and then there'll be a lineup. And sure enough, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. So there's like two people in line and then me. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. At the last second, right before it was my turn, a dude comes to the front desk to work at the front desk. And I'm like, oh, thank God. So I go over to him. And I, I'm like, can you come over to the side? Can you come over to the side with me? He's like, what the fuck? All right, yeah, what? I'm like... I plugged up my toilet. He's like, what? I'm so sorry, man, but I, uh, my toilet is plugged. It is, I, I, I need someone to go up there and take care of it. He's like, oh, don't worry about it, man. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just, just get out, you know, head out, do what you got to do when you come back. Everything will be fine. I'm like, oh, God, this is why you stay at a hotel, right? They've, de- they've dealt with way worse He's literally. probably thinking you had like a... A yeah, dead hooker in your Right. Room. That's so I thought. So that so we go out, Trevor and I, we have an awesome night. Three in the morning we get back. I'm like, come back, I'll I'll have a nice clean toilet. I I walk down the hallway toward my room and there is a large bucket with a plunger in it outside my door. Ah so it's a do yourself job? They yourself. left a bucket and a plunger for me to do it myself. Now, my question for you, and my question for Mike Johnson, who's going to be our guest, NHL on TSN analyst, longtime NHLer, over 600 games, five NHL teams. My question is, if you plug your toilet at a hotel, shouldn't it be the hotel's responsibility to plunge that toilet? Hmm. It's not an Airbnb. (laughs) It's not an Airbnb. It's a hotel. Okay, so you saw... Something the, happens, what, you fix it. What did you do? I, I grabbed the plunger. I wasn't going to let it fester. <laughs> I mean, what could I do? I, that is baffling. I can't believe that they... But they probably... The guy probably looked at what you did in there, and he's like, I'm not touching this. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. He probably did that. But that's wrong. Why wouldn't you have called down instead of walked down? Well, because I was walking down anyway. But I knew I was leaving. Then you right? don't have to put your, your face associated with your, your debacle in the toilet. So you just call down and you say, Hello. Yeah, I could have done that. 
But I don't think it would have made a difference. They still would have come up, plopped a bucket and a plunger in front of my room and let me deal with it myself. Have you ever experienced this, Mike? how do you this, feel Mike about Johnson? this? You've, you've traveled so much. You've played so many places. <laughs> well. <laughs> Welcome th- to the show, Mike. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's fantastic. I walked into this one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, we were uh, talking about weird I'm stuff. going with Dano. you got to call down. And that 100%. The hotel's responsibility yes, to take care of that. That is not on you. That's what you pay the room That's rate per night for. for. Exactly. So you plunge it in this, put the bucket in, then plunge it back in oh, the hall? My. Yes. <laughs> because, to do. because I, I maintain it was a normal bowel movement and that it was something previous to me. The person who stayed in that room before me had almost plugged it up and I just put the cherry on top, so to speak. Well, you're trusting for the hotel to have industrial strength. Pipes to to deal with whatever comes up. It shouldn't be like hundred-year-old pipes like the ones in my old house. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I'm just gonna start going on the road again. And um, (laughs) yeah, think think of me. I'm hoping this doesn't come up. Think Uh, of me every time you have. So we were discussing Jay at a trip to Chicago. He saw Billy Joel at Wrigley. Have you ever seen a concert at Wrigley? No, not a concert. I've been to baseball games there. Okay. Uh, but never a concert. I'm not a massive concert guy. Oh, really? What was no. the last concert? Yeah, what was the last one you went to? That's a very good question. So long ago, I probably can't even remember it. Remember what it might be. Um, what about you? Maybe you took your daughters to a show or oh, something? Oh, yes, yes. I've seen Taylor Swift. Oh, I've there seen you One go. Direction. That Swizzle. counts. One Direction. Taylor Swift supposedly puts on a really good show. Yeah. She does. She does. Yeah. Good show. Yeah. Uh, Bruno yeah. Mars is coming to town. They didn't go see Bruno Mars, but they saw... One Direction. I remember somebody, I was at One Direction. My daughters were 12 and 8, or 10 and 8. And somebody chirped me on Twitter. It's like, I see Mike Johnson dancing to One Direction. I'm like, I'm holding my 8-year-old's hand. Come yeah. on now. See, yeah. Dan's going to have to deal with that. He can't be doing that to me. And I'm going to have to deal with that someday. I, but I might, uh, I might get Bruno Mars tickets because I actually know I would like to go see him. Yeah, he put on a great show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. he's all right. How was Billy Joel? He was great, but I was saying the sound was garbage. But Wrigley's not built for concerts, so and acoustics are probably not ideal. It's, there's none. <laughs> yeah, there's it no just acoustics. Goes into the air, yeah. yeah, like so, and it's literally windy as hell that night. <laughs> it's the windy city. So where do they play? Like at right, the right at Wrigley. So they base? set up uh, right in the outfield. They set up a massive stage in the outfield, and then everyone's sort of that way. It's sort of a bowl, right? right. But it's still, the sound was crap. Now, I actually heard, and someone told me that they saw Pearl Jam there, because Eddie Vedder's from of course. there. And that they were great. But I could see, because at one point they did a cover of Layla, Billy Joel yep. and his band, and it was really good, and it sounded the best of the night. So I almost wonder if, like, if you're going to rock in it, maybe it would be all night, it would be better sound, I suppose. Just power through. I did, don't know. Did you have a favorite NHL city in which... Uh, a to visit where you're like, oh man, I can't wait. We're gonna like have some time to spend here. I can't wait to get there. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the Canadian cities are always fun. So Vancouver, you can't go wrong, right? Yeah. Um, it's a you know great city. How many times have you been the Roxy in Vancouver? I made the audit. You know what? When we when was the last <laughs> time I was there? When I was there a couple years ago, I'm like, I haven't been to the Roxy in <laughs> since the finals of 2011, right? And so I'm like, I'm going. Yeah. I don't care if anyone's coming with me. I'm going. But I'm going to blast from the past. And uh, yeah, you know what? Still, still rocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, still I've been going. there on occasion. Yes. Uh, Vancouver, <laughs> Montreal is always great. And now that I've spent more time in the States, um, 
Chicago always, mm-hmm. always at the top of the list. Always the the rookie dinners are always in Chicago, aren't they? Like well, steakhouses you, and yeah, stuff. Well, the rookie dinners are kind of determined based on your schedule. So okay. you need kind of two full days off right. because you need a day to recover <laughs> right. from the rookie meal. Uh, which is why when I played in Arizona, we could count on at least a half dozen games a year where we had a good chance because the other team had the rookie meal. Right. Like they were at the rookie meal hangover <laughs> right. game. And we're like, yes, here we go, boys. We got them right where we want them. Um, but yeah, Miami, New York, LA, Chicago. What was the biggest tab you've ever seen at a rookie meal? Oof. I'll go. So my last year, um, I was playing in St. Louis. St. Louis, right. And so I got hurt. Had shoulder surgery in maybe January, and the team was coming to play in Montreal, and I was recovering in Toronto, and so I'm like, you know what, I'll go to Montreal to see them. I haven't seen the guys in a while, and they were having the rookie dinner there. Perfect. Oh, so boy. timing was worked out well oh for my me. God. So I went to, uh, and so Coup it was my last Cheval. year. No, it was. Uh, <laughs> I can't what the name of the was, but somehow. When I was fly, I, think, I don't think I stayed for the game. I just went to the rookie dinner and went home the morning of the game. <laughs> true, nice. true story. I love and, it. and I got a text at the airport, 9 in the morning, and not feeling great. And it's like, check out the cover of the Journal de Montréal oh, or whatever no. it was. La Presse. La Presse, whatever it might have been. And it oh, had the tab. And how much? It's terrible to say. It's almost terrible to say. <laughs> no. Fifty-seven. Yes, I thought it was. I thought it'd be closer to like eighty. Okay, fifty-seven. Not that's bad. insane. That's a, that's a lot of food. Thousand dollars. Yes. <laughs> like that's so insane. To say it out loud what's makes the tip? What's the tip on that? Well, I'm sure the bill was forty-five, and they tipped yeah. like twelve tipped or something. Wow, twelve. But you, like, good night. You think of all the better ways to spend sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, which is a conversation. Like even my mom will like. You shouldn't do that, Michael. I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> it's not really me, and it's just kind of a thing. I'm just going along why with everybody. Give, why don't you give it to charity? I'm like, but guys do give money to charity. Yeah. I mean, you can do both. Yeah, I mean, right. you can be, you know. That's why it's a, best a that people citizen, don't know the numbers, which right? Which is why I violated the code by telling. No, no, it was on the front page of the paper. It was in the paper. That one was. But it was the highest, as it was my last year. It was. Uh, you have played on a lot of. You, first of all, you played in a lot of interesting cities. You mentioned Arizona. So you played like warm weather cities, Arizona, mm-hmm. Phoenix, and Tampa. And then you played in St. Louis, a city that weirdly every NHL player seems to love. But me. Oh, you didn't love it. <laughs> you weren't there for that long. No. But you just didn't love it. Like, what didn't you like about it? Uh, mostly because the hockey didn't go great. You right. Know, I, was, I was there for 40 games. I played 20. It's the first time I'd ever been a healthy scratch. So right. Kind of miserable to begin with. Um but it was very much, at that point, I'd come to the Midwestern sensibility is true. They're nice people, yeah. kind of a slower pace. But um, I'd come to enjoy places where there is some sort of life, some sort of culture downtown. Right. And it was a Midwestern town where people worked downtown, then everyone went to the suburbs. Right. And, like, ghost town at 6 p.m. Right. Nothing down there. Um, and so I, I guess I'm just not a straight suburb kind of guy Got and more of an urban guy so um, yeah and, and mostly because of the hockey but you're right I mean it's amazing how many people want to retire there they have the biggest alumni in America that but, live in uh, St. Louis Akavo last week was like yeah. my our, my wife and I are talking about going back yeah jeez like, okay like people I just would, love it yeah and I wouldn't make yeah not not you no, you're not, not doing me, that. No. when you play hockey in Arizona obviously you can you can golf year round mm-hmm. do you feel like 
Guys are judging you if you golf too much. They're like, oh, this guy golfing again. <laughs> yes. True, <but> true, <laughs> true story. True story. We, we were, were playing a year in Arizona, and we were not doing well. <laughs> Tough to decide what year that might have been. But, um, and I think they'd maybe made a coaching change. Maybe they'd fired Bobby Francis. And so our rink was, as well reported, well out in Glendale, 45 minute drive for where he was living. So the last, you know, from January on, we basically were having optionals. So like, you know, don't worry about driving the 45 minutes in the morning. Just come ready to play. So there was a group of like four guys that got in the habit of playing nine holes the morning of the game. Right. That was their kind of pregame warm-up. Yeah. Did not go over well. Ooh. Not one of them made it to the trade deadline. All four of them were traded. Wow. Yeah. And was this something like that was gradually found out over time? Yeah, I, I think... Just word got out. I think word got around, and I think in a fit of anger, one of the coaches was like, if you guys go golfing on the morning of the game one more time, I swear to God, I gotta... <laughs> and sure enough, they all they all were dealt because of it. So, um, But like we had Grant Fuhrer as our goalie coach. Like wow. that guy was burning rubber out of the out of the practice <laughs> rink to hit the driving oh, range. Oh yeah, like TPC. amazing He's like a professional golfer. golfer. Yeah. So I mean, the the coaches like to do it more than anyone. Anyway, I lived on a golf course there. It was the one place I bought a house. I didn't play golf ever. The only time I played golf, was when my friends came down or visitors. <laughs> yeah. Like I never played during. So the you year. never seems, got to play with Alice Cooper. It seems like in no, Phoenix, he's actually. Shockingly, yeah, like not off like golf. Like he looks oh, he's like great. he would break if he swung a club. Oh no, he's great. No, he I said know. golf saved his life. And you, yeah, yeah. And you can always tell the teams that played when they're in Arizona because you'd come, they'd come in the game and just sunburn so badly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it was, I always remember the Detroit's because all the Scandinavians were just so red. Their, their <laughs> faces pasty. and their necks were. And so of course the chippier players, not like myself, but they'd love to. To grab the jersey and like tug to try to give him the, the collar burn on the neck because it hurt particularly bad, fresh off a bad sunburn. Yeah, that was that uh, Yeah, it's hard to hide when you spend seven hours in the sun in Arizona. Will hockey ever work there? Um, well, I mean, it works in Vegas. Yeah, but but it's completely they, different. It is different Why? though, isn't it? Because but, I mean, like, if you got the rink in the right spot, yeah, and that's had a good the problem, team, right? then you know. You do okay. I mean, they, they just miscalculate. I get why they put the rink in the middle of nowhere, because someone paid them to do it. Yeah. But if they got the rink in the right spot and had a good team, they'd be all right. Because you think about it. How many, football aside, because football's almost a bit of an aberration, but of baseball, basketball, and hockey, how many bad teams in America sell out? Well, the Yankees would. The yep. Knicks would. Red the Red Sox, Sox would. Yep. The Lakers Cubbies, might. Lakers Cubs. Do. Yeah. But like... The big classic teams Rangers with massive lights. fan bases. But, and when know, they're bad... Milwaukee's then the, not selling out. No, you're right. You're right. You know? But that's... Uh, you brought up Vegas, Mike. Let's well, let's get, see how Vegas does when they're... They have a bad team. Yeah. yeah. Let's see how many people are going to those games. Because yeah, that's... Maybe they still are. Maybe casinos are giving away tickets, what everyone thought in the beginning that was going to happen. But everyone's like, oh, it's such a good fan base. Okay. Well, let's just... Yeah, let's exactly. See. Carolina had a good fan base when they won the cup. <laughs> Precisely. And now they, they're drawing flies. So... Uh, you know, F- Florida might be the only team. Like, you forget, when I started the NHL ninety mid, late 90s, Washington was awful. Like, cavernous, empty tumbleweeds. Right. Chicago, awful. Pittsburgh, awful. And now those are like the class organizations of the league. So, you know, it's all very cyclical. The only team I don't remember really ever playing in front of a full house is Florida. Like, I had, yeah. like at no point... Did I ever play in a game in Florida? Be like, 
Oh yeah. Rocket tonight. Like it just it never, <laughs> never happened. Yeah. They tarp off the upper bowl. You're like, oh, what is going it, it, so it feels embarrassing. it feels minor league, unfortunately. You you talk to current players now. What's their take on Vegas? Have you heard horror stories, guys go in there and you're like, Oh man, I don't know if I can go back there. Or did they just lock themselves in the rooms? How do they handle the Vegas experience? Um I, I somewhere in between. Like <laughs> guys are professional and you, you know, the idea that goat Guys going in Vegas the night before a game is not, you know, out to the club at four in the morning and drinking and whatever, partying it up. It's just they might be at a show or at a concert or, you know, dinner at 10 or maybe they play, they gamble a little bit. It's just a little bit different, not off the rails different. Okay. Um, but yeah, I heard some stories of some guys who, you know, a little <laughs> bit. I mean, because most, a lot of NHL players have been to Vegas, but you haven't been to Vegas with your team. Yeah. With your boys. Yeah. In the middle of a season. Everyone. Especially if things are going things good are going and you good. have a couple of days off. And you after. think the first six weeks, yeah, we're going into Vegas, expansion team. Here we go, boys. Have <laughs> yeah. a good night. Pick up two <laughs> points and on we go. <laughs> that never happened. So I, I, like everyone, I'll be curious to see what happens to Vegas this year. I wonder if the novelty will be off for the visitors. The, the Vegas flu will be not as widespread as it was last year. And I wonder if that matters at all. Um, so you played in Toronto and Montreal as well. Mm-hmm. Well, which which experience is best for you? You're a Toronto guy. It's it's. I, I don't want to sit on the fence. So Toronto was very neat for me. From Scarborough, you know, I came straight from school. I never knew anything about pro sports. My parents, my siblings, my buddies, everyone got to take part. Yeah, and it was really neat. That's and we had pretty a good neat. team. Yeah, right. You know, we got to the conference final in '99. I did relatively well. So all this talk about. The downside of Toronto, I didn't really experience it. Generally speaking, I overachieved because my expectations were so low. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I loved playing for the Leafs. So, I, I don't know. I almost have to discount it because I'm from here. It was right. so unique because I'm from here. But I loved Montreal. Next most of anywhere else I played, I would have stayed. They didn't want me. <laughs> um I only played one year, but I, I loved it. I lived right downtown. I didn't live out in the suburbs and paid a fortune for some rental but it was it was great um people love their hockey there yeah and you, it, but it's a fun town it's a big small town or a small big town yeah like you, cosmopolitan yeah lots of stuff you going are on. now on the other side of the camera since you played in both those cities with the emergence of social media and podcasts and blo- whatever how many more media members are there in those rooms? Yeah. Like 50 more, 100 more? Like Yeah, so maybe back in Toronto when it was super busy late 90s, there would have been 20 people in the room. Right. Right? You know, yeah, because... The Sun guys, PSN the might have Star been, guys. You know, the only sports network at that time. And yeah. there was like Global and a couple of papers. Or Sportsnet might have just been Sportsnet starting just up. starting up. So yeah. there's probably 100, 100, like 40 to 50. 50 on now and then Montreal was bigger because it's it's not quite as big in either language but with both languages it becomes bigger yeah. than it was in Toronto um, so it would be different but that wouldn't be the hard part like when you're at the rink whether I'm talking to a scrum of three or a scrum, scrum of 12 you're just you talk your five minutes and on you go the difference would be in the the, the loss in of anonymity right yeah just in day-to-day life yeah like but didn't you find that Montreal, like you said it, like they love that team so much? Did you find when you went out? It's yeah, like, but it was all right. very polite. But it was good. And, and like, you know, it wasn't like my parents couldn't log on and say, oh, here's Mike having dinner. Or here's yeah. Mike at the bank. Or here's Mike at the bar. Like, you know, 
Things this might get shapery. Well, I mean, <laughs> at one of the teams I used to play for in Canada, Toronto, um, <laughs> you know, occasionally guys, after, when we practiced at Maple Leaf Gardens way back, yes. some guys would go to an establishment for lunch after practice. Sure, yeah. It was a thing. And I'm like, it's so gross to think that that was a destination to eat. Zanzibar? <laughs> Are we talking about Zanzibar? Oh, yeah. oh, Brass Rail? Yeah. Yes. When it had food on the... Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like it was a. Well, they don't serve food anymore. No, no, no. I don't think so. I think they'll microwave you a pizza. Oh, <laughs> that's almost what we were getting back. It was like a bi-weekly thing. Guys I would love ro- it. roll up there and sit down at twelve thirty for a steak sandwich. It's so terrible. I love it. But you could do that, and yeah, it never wasn't a problem. So, um, you know, yeah, probably not, couldn't do that. Now. You probably wouldn't get away with that now. You probably wouldn't want to. I'm not sure I wanted it back then, but just you know, just general. Stuff like that would could be taxing if if you have kids and you're at the playground and you know people are taking you know or you're dropping off at school or trick or treating you know just different things that come up general life and um, so much great about playing those big markets but that might be one part that might wear on you after a while. I have some players here that mm-hmm. you played with. Over the course of your career. Is this research? What are you doing right now? I, it's the only research I've ever done. <laughs> First time for everything. <laughs> uh, you've played with a lot of really awesome players and interesting players. Yep. Like, so I'm just going to start with one that just I forgot that you played with. Alex Kovalev. Boom. What yeah. was that guy like? So, Give he, us like a, a quick summary of Kovalev. He was the Dos Equis man before Dos Equis existed. <laughs> Like he was the most interesting man in the world. Right. He flew. He flew his own plane, and he had you know spoke multiple languages, and this you know the Russian Eastern European flavor, and I, I really really liked him as a person. And to this day, I remember we had like our secret Santa thing, and he got me, and he gave me like a hand engraved Russian flask. I still have it. It's the coolest thing of all time. I would never have something like that. <laughs> right. And so I got nothing but respect for him, and I don't even bag on guys who are immensely talented and maybe don't try as hard as some other guys. Like, right. whatever. Everyone's wired different. I probably didn't try as hard as Sidney Crosby tries. What are you going to do? Yeah. You can't hold it against me. No, not everyone's Sidney Crosby. <laughs> right. So it's not even that. But this is my other Kobe instinct. So the good stuff, then the bad stuff. In Montreal, I played on the third line from the first day of camp every single day. Radic Bonk, Alexander Parajogan. Every single day. We never got split apart. Never got on the power play, and I'm like, I had always been on the power play. I'd always played top six, and and so I was desperate to get in the top six. So finally, one of the upper lines was struggling or whatever, and they put me playing with Thomas Plakanitz and Alex Kovalev. And I'm like, okay, this is it. i got to have a game because it's, it's my spot. Finally, December. I've been waiting two months for this. And it was a night that Kovi was having... A relaxing time out there. Is that he, the night where he got slashed in the hand? No, yeah, right. He played like he got slashed in his legs. Like he, he just wasn't. He wasn't engaged. And I, it all culminated in the second period, first period. And I tried to throw a cross ice pass to him. It was a little bit ahead of him because I thought he was going to be going a bit quicker. But it's okay. It's off the boards, and he gets skated into it. And it bounced off the boards, and he just stood upright. And he, and he, he gave me the double look across, like. What are you doing, kid? That's not on my tape. I swear to God, I never played with him. I never shift again. Like, I got pulled to the third line that moment. <laughs> like, straight off oh the ice, God. off the power play. And I'm like, Kobe, That's come on. Cool. You're killing one me. Game, one game I need you to play, and he wasn't having it. So, um, you know, I see fans could have a, see a moment like that. and get. But I, I really quite liked him. Yeah. 
But that moment, yeah. That kind of sums him up, though, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You know, because you saw the skill and everything, but then you're right. Yeah, you he saw was a lot sick. Of nice his, hand, like, his skill was Yeah, he was gross. insane. Yeah. Um, Saku Koivu. You played yeah, Sak, I mean, really neat guy. I mean, I didn't know anything about him. Probably one of the greatest moments the last 30 years in the NHL was his first game back. Oh, yeah, the, the visual sure. of him on the Crazy. on the blue line with the, still no hair and... Um, Really, I, I quite liked him. Uh, really, and a, and a good leader. The only captain in my entire life, certainly NHL career, that gave the you know raw raw speech that like resonated. Right. It, everyone he, else it was like everyone else like. Oh, can you finish up? We got. I need a Gatorade. <laughs> like you know, but this guy and and again, I wasn't particularly tied to him. It was you know, we just I just been there a few months, but when he stood up the one time and it was just like, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was it got you going. So, um, yeah, a lot of respect for him. He was and a, and a good captain, good teammate, um, and dealt with a lot of stuff in Montreal well. And that's like you know, I think of him, like a Matt's the captains, yeah, like dealing with that stuff. He dealt with it well. So, Did you ever have a captain who gave a speech where people laughed? <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not just couldn't hold it. <laughs> Maybe I'm, later. I might give like Jay a look across the room, like, hmm, "Are you hearing what I'm hearing?" And you're, you're close, buddy. Me. But um, yeah, no, I, there was some moments that, you, and didn't even have to be a captain doing. Like maybe some other would, guy would pipe up and think it was his moment to give his best Newt Rockney, and you're like, "No, man, no, it's not, it's not working for you today." God, I wish I could. Be, I wish we could have a whole show of those moments. Oh, it'd be priceless. Um, Claude Lemieux, you played with in Phoenix. Yeah, Pep. Um, so Pep was a different cat. Um, <laughs> he broke my in Jersey. He broke my oral bone. I still have the dent in it on purpose with a stick. Well, that's I took nice. the puck off him. He turned around and towed it over and like, wow, just broke my right on my. Eye. I wasn't my visor or anything. It was like Jeez. just far from my eye. And I'm like, this guy's. A, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Oh, yeah, but I'm like, can. this yeah. guy's a jerk. Yeah, but then he's like, not, he's not so bad. Um, but he was he was in a tough spot at that point in his career because he was brought in to be great in the playoffs. Yes. He didn't always. make the playoffs that often. Right. So it was kind of a not a great fit, except for the one year we make the playoffs. And I was playing on a good line at that point. I was playing with, uh, what was it? Maybe Ladislav Nagy and Damon Lanko. Lanko. And, and, and we'd finished the year well, last 25 games, like every game together. And we got to the playoffs, and the coach was like, Yeah, I'm putting Pep on that line. I'm like, oh, Brutal. What, what for? Why? Because that's what he's here for. I'm yeah. like, what am I here for? <laughs> like, well, you haven't won a Conn Smythe. I'm like, true. So, so we played San Jose in the playoffs, and I'm like, right back to the third line. I'm like, what is this nonsense? Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, I think it lasted two games with Pep up there. And then he Why the nickname Pep? Did I, Pepe I did, you? Pepe oh, Pepe you? Lemieux. Okay. From, um, from the and then you played with Roenick there. Yeah, so <laughs> first, it, first thought for JR was... I pulled into the practice rink and I was walking in the back door with my bag and I'm looking at the cars and like Arizona's nice cars. Like there's some cities have nice cars. Canadian ones aren't, aren't them because of the weather, but so I'm checking out all the cars. They're amazing. And one says on the license plate, Styles 97. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's aggressive. That is so aggressive for a personalized license plate like that. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is JR. But. If same thing. I'm like and this guy's gonna be a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a douche, you know? Like just full of himself. But he wasn't. He first. He one of the first yeah. guys. Like, listen, Mike, you need anything? 
you call me, you need a place to stay, you right. stay at my house, you need a car, you need a phone, like anything you need, um, family issues, like just call me, I'll, I'll take care of it. Now, you only, we were on the team for like two weeks together, but right. um, yeah, he was, he was good. Now, the introduction to him was not as good as the introduction to uh, Big Walt, Keith Kachuk. Oh, yeah, I was just going to ask you about Kachuk. So, Keith Kachuk, we get through the first practice, go to my first game. Old America West Rink. I'm walking. I'm at this point. I'm 27 or eight. I'm like six, five years in my NHL. I'm not a kid, right? So he's walk. I walk in the dressing room for the game, and we're kind of getting ourselves organized. He's like, he's wearing a robe, like a terry cloth robe that says Walt, Big Walt on it. <laughs> and you know, he's walking around. He's got his feet up on the couch, oh, and he's God. like, kid, kid. I'm like, are you talking to me? Like I'm, I'm almost thirty, sir. Um, I think you're four years older than me. Like we're almost the same age. Like kid, come here. Like, hey, what's up, Keith? He's like, um, it's Walt. I'm like, okay, okay. He's we're like, playing big, this big game, Walt. I'm like, okay. And I'm not, and I'm not sure if he's kidding or not. Right. But he's just like, so um, just before we get going, two rules on this team. Always pass the puck to seven is rule number one. <laughs> and, and like he's saying it, kind of tongue in cheek. But maybe not. And he's like, and the second rule, don't you ever forget rule number one. <laughs> and then he turned and walked away. And I'm like, what? Did, what? And I'm happened? looking at everyone else like, is that a thing? Is that a shtick? Is he, is he getting me? Is he punking me? Is Ashton Kutcher coming out? <laughs> That's oh, awesome. man. And he was also an amazing guy. Really? Yeah. yeah. Another guy, it, almost across the board, guys that I thought I would not like, just because they're per- what I perceive them to be as yeah. players were generally some of the guys I like the most. Right. Matt Barnaby. I, I was just going to ask you about you Barnaby. Ask about I Barnaby. haven't. Look. Yeah. Look. It's on there. Oh. Barnaby. Yeah. Barnaby. Because I, yeah, I didn't realize he played with you in Tampa. Tampa right? yeah. yeah. Barnaby and Ronick, we would say the same things yeah. too because we both have worked with Barnaby and we've also seen Ronick at various well, events yeah. and we saw him at the Olympics and we always sit down and have a chat with him. Yeah. Him. He's yeah. always good to us. I think I have a theory about Ronick though. He wants to be loved. He doesn't. Well, who doesn't, he, Jay? No, I know, but he really does. You know, like he doesn't want anyone in the room to not like him. So he's good to everybody. Yeah. Well, he was good to me the, the couple weeks we played together, and he's good to me now. Like, I, you know, I work at NBC on occasion, and we cross paths. Yeah, he's always great. He's, to us. he's been he's fantastic. Awesome. Do you so. ever look into his eyes while he's saying something on NBC, and you're like, "Where are you going with this?" Because I do it when I'm watching at home. Because I'm like, I don't know how he's going to... Okay, brought it around Where's he going to pull this one out of face? <laughs> this one's going off the rails. No, he saved it. But, he, but, but when he played, he was so good in post-game clips that I think he doesn't try maybe as hard now. Is that... Would you say that's a fair uh, I have not assessment? been in studio with him, so I can't say how hard he tries or prepares. But, um, you know, he's got... His personality oh, it's is... Oh, so amazing. Is, is, uh, one of his strongest do you, attributes. But, do you but, have a memorabilia shrine at home? No. No. I literally have no... Nothing. I have, You're one of those guys, because it's one or the other. Yeah, There's no yeah. in-between. I have my first goal puck on the wall in my office. I have maybe my all-rookie team plaque or something on the wall. Maybe, I don't know, it gets hit by the closet door all the time. <laughs> somewhere I won, like, I won the rookie of the year for the sporting news. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's <laughs> at like the, the time, sporting like the news is big. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's like an Oscar, so it looks neat. Mm. So I have that maybe in my office. That so that's it. That's only in my office. There's not one other thing related to hockey anywhere in my house. Okay, let's go back to Barnaby. Yeah, so good guy. You're saying uh, when you played with him. So yeah, and kind of like soft spoken off the ice. Really, and yet 
Still kind of insane on the ice. Right. Like, the t- those guys, it yeah. seems, again, across the board. Yeah. Those kind of guys insane on the ice. On the ice. Because he was kind of crazy. Oh, he yeah. was insane. Like, insane. Like, yeah. Not just the googly eyes, but just, <laughs> you know, the things he did and the, 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 the in the middle of the fights and all the stuff. And, he yeah. and Theo Fleury, I'd put in the same category because... I've asked that about Flurry. Like we've met him a few times. Yeah. I'm like, you were insane. He's like, yeah, I yeah. was a bit crazy on that. in Arizona. Theo Flurry, sidebar. We were playing uh, the Rangers, and I think he was going through a bit of a tougher time in th- th- those years. And he was late in the game. And he, he got frustrated. We were winning. Got kicked out of the game. And back then, our dressing room was kind of like, like kitty corner to there, so they had to change and walk in behind our lounge to the, where their clothes were. And so we got off the, and all of a sudden we hear a commotion in the hallway. And it's see like it's like a horde of angry stampeding men going down the hallway. <laughs> it's just Theo, just breaking everything. And there the the Phoenix Suns practice rink or rink uh, court, court. Were, was right there, like sunk right, it down. Right, he's breaking the glass Jeez. like that was looking into it. He, there's a payphone for some reason. He knocked a payphone <laughs> off. So old we are. He wanted the money. He wanted yeah, like, the quarters. He, he took a fountain off the off the wall. Like Jeez. everything. It was Theo. You're like what's happening out there? And it was just. <laughs> Quick, shut the door. Get back inside. You played with Wendell, too. Wendell Clark. Wendell Clark was my first roommate. Jesus. Uh, when I got to tr- like my first what? camp. How is that? You're a Toronto kid. Yeah. I played with him on my first game. Jeez. Did you just kneel next to his bed and watch him sleep? <laughs> so, well, for, first, <laughs> my first game, I show up to play, and I would not met anyone. They had, they had an optional skate, so nobody was there. I went to the game, and I'm... People are kind of looking at me like it's March. Team's not doing well. They don't even know. There's no Twitter. Like nobody knows what I what I'm doing there. Like who's right. this guy? Like, <laughs> like Larry Murphy been... literally sat down with me at the Hall of Famer Larry Murphy at pregame meal, and he's like, uh, "So did you win a contest?" <laughs> he thought I was like, "Have a day with the Leafs from Molson." He, I'm like, "No, man, I'm playing." He's like. Oh, all right then. <laughs> so typical, Murphy. Like, no big so deal. You win a contest, <laughs> Larry uh, Murphy. So I'm sitting there before the game, and I'm nervously. I don't know who I'm playing with, and like they have a whole bunch of guys in that team I'd not heard of, like Freddie Modine and Jason Smith and Steve Sullivan and Todd Warner and Marcel, like all kinds of guys I never heard of them. So they write down Sundin, Barazin, and I don't know whoever else, Jonas Hoagland, whoever else the first liner was, <laughs> and they write down Clark. 17, 11 was Steve Sullivan, and 20. I was given number 20, and I'm like, so I, I anxiously, like a child, look to Wendell Clark for approval, like somehow it's like, is this going to be okay with you? As <laughs> to no joke, he's like stifling a yawn. <laughs> it's, it's Tampa in February. It's like just another night. It's the biggest moment of my life, and he could not be less interested. So then I quickly, I'm like not getting out of the thing, out of him. I turned to Sully, who is, I still think, younger than I am. He might be 21. And he's looking at me with, like, the cut eye. Like, so disappointed that he's saddled with this rookie with you. from college. <laughs> I'm like, like, shaking his head in disgust. At that point, he had 34 games under his belt. And he's got no time for me. We laugh about it all the time now. Because oh, he got a goal and an assist. I got an assist. I got cut for 10 stitches. It all worked out fine. But... <laughs> That was my Wendell first game. And then the next year in training camp, it was probably the only time in the last 20 years I played hockey that I had to make a team. Because I was on a two-way contract. There was no guarantees. I I had to make it. I'd only played 13 games the year before. So I was very nervous. I'd never been to training camp. I wasn't one of those kids who's been drafted. had been to five of them. 
So I'm paired up with Wendell, and like a good Boy Scout, like I go back from the rink and I just kind of sit around. I go to dinner at 5.30 and I'm <laughs> back in the room. And every night, Wendell would roll, it, roll out of his bed at like 9.45. Come for dinner, kid? <laughs> like, dinner? I ate four hours ago. I'm like, where were you going for dinner? Steak. Every what? night. Every steak. night. He went for 10 o'clock steak every night. Yes. And I'd that be like, amazing. sound asleep. He'd walk back in at midnight or something. And I'd have been asleep for two hours. I don't know if we spoke for 10 minutes that whole t- week. But I've already eaten. But, yeah, that's what, that's what, I, sound, that's what I still sound like to <laughs> That is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my God. We've got to go great. do TV now with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end. I could talk to you about oh, uh, yeah. your career I, all day. I man. always have to ask one goalie question. Best goalie you ever played with. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, Dominic Hasek by Miles. Okay. He was yeah. just... Oh, man, just tell us... Just, like, <laughs> yeah. just give us a snippet of that guy. Oh, if I could do... See, I'm not good at impersonations. <laughs> just wait, give the... Uh, okay, okay. The so Hasek here's my... Here's my Dominic. This, this actually happened. It was a TSN game when he was playing for Ottawa, and Ray Emery was his backup. Mm-hmm. And he his back... Hasek's back was effed. So we had him mic'd up. We had Hasek mic'd up in the warm-up skate. And so, uh, you know, Cuthbert's like, all right, I think we got some, uh, we, got, we got some information from Dominic Hasek. And it cuts to them. And it's the two of them skating around, Hasek and Emery. And Hasek comes up behind him. He's like, Razor. <laughs> Razor. My back. <laughs> Razor. You're in my back. <laughs> that's that's it. That's, that's all he it. said. That's not bad. Because that's, that's very accurate. That's very accurate. And he'd, he'd go in front of the net. And he would just go in that accent. Masi, masi. It's like he's doing an NBC commercial. Masi. Like, although he was he was a little squirrely because I when he was in Buffalo, great goaltender. You didn't know what he was doing. He was a just, little. He got in a fight in a um, in a road hockey game. Yes. Well, this, so he was. They were doing a team picture in Buffalo. Oh, and time. he kind of had the curly, toughly hair or whatever. Yep. So one of the guys was, like, was calling him Kramer from Seinfeld. Right. And the guys thought it was funny. Dom did not. No. Oh. That player came into the dress room and found his pants to bring it full circle back where the plunger would go. Right down. <laughs> he put his to- pants in a toilet. <laughs> in a used toilet. Oh. Jeez. Ashik. No. Wow. Let's get Cup Crazy 2000. <laughs> and needless to say, the guy almost went to fight Hashik over that. Wow. But the team couldn't let him because he's Hashik. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was protected. But anyway, so he was an intense competitor. <laughs> I guess so. And a very good goalie. I guess so. Wait, second favorite. Second best goalie. Played with. Second best goalie, Cooch. Cujo. Now I played yeah. with him, but you know he you played was, with him twice, kind of. Uh, yes, in Arizona. Right. Look at you did twice, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, we were in Arizona for one year, but in Toronto specifically, he was. It's the first time I maybe played for a goalie who you're like, he, he made you better. He made you think you were better than you were. Right. Because mm-hmm. you could screw up, he'd save it, you wouldn't feel bad about yourself, and he'd empower you to go be better because right. you didn't worry about the bad stuff. Um, and also, one of the best guys ever. Forget about, <laughs> I thought he was a goalie who are generally, you know, unique. Crazy. Um, yeah, he's he was awesome. So, yeah, Cooge was uh, spectacular for those few years. Well, this is awesome. He Mike. got mentioned on last week's podcast because Carlo Koliakovo was on, and people said, like, I guess he's not a Stephen King fan because Carlos said, yeah, he had a picture of some dog on his head. No, like, he said an animal. And he, an didn't animal. he didn't know it was, it was, it was Cujo's He didn't know that yeah. Cujo was Well, Carlos has got to be... Now he's doing radio every day. He's got to read a little bit more. I'm just saying. 
Just saying. Uh, this is awesome. I wonder Mike. what former Leaf will be on our podcast. With <laughs> <laughs> Jeff O'Neill coming on. Jeff O'Neill. Uh, well, that's always a tough one. We keep trying to get him on the TV show, but he won't come and sit over in you, the side seats. You got to do it on a night where he's doing the Leaf panels. Yeah, he's I know. Well, well, I think you're we'll, never going to get him to come back. But the problem is, he won't come sit in the side seats because he feels he'll look too fat in the seats. He actually said that. Is there a slimming seat? I don't like. What he wants to sit behind a desk. Slimming? Oh, he wants to sit behind us so it hides. Uh, he's way too he, hard on himself. I, I, th- I thought he worked out this summer. I, I think, he thing. Looks I fine. think he's doing like tweeting out pictures of him doing CrossFit in Collingwood. He's a very sensitive man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes him so lovable. I know. Relatable. I, I absolutely yeah. love him, um, man. Mike, this is awesome. Thanks yeah, for anytime. coming on the show, man. This is awesome. I mean, we're going to head over and do the TV show now. Um, yeah, I guess it's over, Toolsy. Is there anything else to say? Nope, just returning a text to my mom. All right. So to Sandra (laughs) and everyone else out there. Never ends. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week. They're going home. The Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light.